This is Blake Hunter with Berkshire Hathaway Home Services Ambassador Real Estate, and you are listening to Success in Iowa. Welcome to this episode of Success in Iowa. I'm Todd Studer, and today, my neighbor across the street from Canesville Collectibles, Tim Behrens, is here. Tim, thank you very much for your time. Thank you, Todd. Glad you invited me over. Well, I'm thrilled to learn a little bit more about Canesville Collectibles, because first off, I love your store. Uh, the first time that I went in there, it was a little overwhelming. Uh, as just the sheer massive volume that you have of uh, collectibles, which is mostly in the music uh, genre. However, you do have a few other things in there as well. Correct. We have comics and DVDs and uh, some used paperback books also. Yeah, I've been back and saw some of your magazines, and I think there's a, a car that my son just had to have that's sitting out in my lobby over here at the studios on South Forth. But uh, walk me back to when you first got started in this business, because this goes back a year or two. Well, I got out of college in 1978, and my dad had an antique store at 607 South Main, which is catty-cornered from the store where the store is now, where the lawyer's office are. And, uh, he moved in there and, uh, he, when I got out, he said he would sell me half the store and he moved to another place in a church building on Pierce street. So, um, from that point on, I didn't have any records at the point, but, uh, I started my brother and I, my brother, Jeff and I started listening to oldies and we started going to garage sales, picking stuff up, and this is how we got started. Now, if you're talking going back that far, what are you calling oldies from then? Fifties <laughs> uh, and sixties. Fifties and sixties. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so we're we're looking at more, say, the Everly Brothers type of style. Yes. And uh, Buddy Holly and that type of thing. Yes. Buddy Holly, Everly Brothers, at uh, the Beatles on back, probably. When I walk into your store and I see the amount of vinyl that you have in there, how long did it take for this? Now, obviously, it's, it's, a, it's a constantly in flux and music coming in, music going out. But how long did it take before it started to look at the level that it's at right now? Well, it, it probably, uh, I don't know, in the last five years probably, but we buy uh, massive amounts of stuff from estates and uh, so forth and when the um, CD craze was coming in in the late 80s, everyone was selling their LPs. And so it seemed like I was the only one around buying them up. So I just got literally thousands and thousands and thousands that way. So it, it filled up fast. How did you see the value in them when everyone else was getting rid of them? I don't know. I just liked, um, just talked to people that, would come in looking for specific things. The more people looking for a certain one, the more value it came. And they, they had price guides, and, price guides and so forth on them too. You have a lot of the same folks that come in there. Uh, well, I'm one of them. <laughs> but, uh-huh. You know, you have, you, you, you see folks, I don't know, seems like almost daily, don't you? There's some, some people coming into your store and, or, and take or a weekly, look around? yes. Mm-hmm. Some of them have been coming in for 30 or 35 years. Yeah, some of my... Oldest friends come in, we go out for lunch, you know, and, and uh, so forth. So, yeah, they're my they're my friends. Well, I know that I was just in there a couple of days ago, and I left with uh, four LPs, I think, in a magazine, and the bill came out to about 12 bucks. I mean, it, it's not as if that uh, 
it, it seems like you're not getting rich by by selling individual LPs in there, but um, it, it's very affordable, and it seems like you've, you've made a point to that, that this is a way for people to uh, upgrade the record collection. We don't sell new records, and if you go to a new record store, they start out about 25 bucks and go up. Uh, we sell used ones. We have a whole upstairs full of dollar records. And then the ones on the main floor are usually like $3, usually in the 3 to $6 range. How do you decide uh, where to put those prices at? Oh, how many people ask for them and, uh, you know, condition of the record has a lot to do with it. What are some of the more popular artists that people are coming and asking for? <clears throat> Generally, it's it used to be uh, British Invasion and 50 stuff, like Buddy Holly and uh, the Everly Brothers and so forth. But now it's the people that listen to that are all getting older and are getting rid of their stuff, and now it seems like it's the 70s and 80s music. So um, if you look especially uh, heavier metal, like uh, maybe Led Zeppelin, Pink Floyd, or, uh, you know, ACDC, or even uh, the more pop groups. Now high school kids are coming in looking for Fleetwood Mac and even like Jim Croce and, and John Denver. And it's, it's crazy. And also the artists, if they just pass away, that seems like uh, a boost is uh, coming soon. So uh, a couple of weeks ago when David Crosby died, I think I sold eight I, I sold everything I had within a couple of days, and then uh, then I kept discovering other groups he was in, like the Birds, and all the, I put those out. They sold, so you you do very well that way. But I don't I don't gouge people. I just uh, charge charge uh, four or five bucks for those. Uh, maybe maybe six on the the first one with them sitting on the old couch, you know. Right. Mm-hmm. What is your opinion about the sound of vinyl versus the sound of a CD? Well, it's a it's a fuller, richer sound. Um, it depends on how much wax I guess you have in your ears, but uh, <laughs> um, it, if you listen to it, um, of course you can't play your record player in your car, but if you listen to it in a room at home, uh, it just seems like it it just sounds fuller and richer and depending on how you have your speakers set up and so forth too. I think that richer is a good way of putting it. Um, uh, a few years ago I was at a buddy's house and I actually found the album over there and it's on my display that's out in the lobby here. The studio's on South 4th, the uh, City to City album by Jerry Rafferty and he was, he was playing that and I'm listening to it and it had been so long since I've heard it on vinyl that, uh, and that just sounds, it, it makes me feel better listening to the way vinyl sounds versus and and i get when cds first came out it had more of a crisp sound had you could separate the individual instruments and it was very unique and and people were really attracted to it but there's nothing like the way that vinyl sounds yes agreed yes what uh what are some of your favorite artists um originally uh the everly brothers because uh you know, not too many people know this, but my mom uh, and her sister won a contest 
through KMA Radio in Woodbine, Iowa, where um, they sang country music and yodeled. And they won the contest. They got, uh, I think they came to the Council Bluffs Old City Auditorium. And uh, so the night that they came down, um, Ike Everly, the Everly Brothers' dad, came came down, and he was the MC. But before they uh, sang, did their their uh, song, the Everly Brothers would always open up because they were a little bit younger than my mom. So they would have been, I think she said 9 and 11, and my mom was, and her, and her sister was 16 and 18. So we always say that my mom sang with the Everly Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> it was on the same stage, the same night, but not really with them. <laughs> Well, my my radio history actually goes back to KMA. I used to work there. Oh, okay. So I'm I'm familiar with, and, and KMA is very proud mm-hmm. of their tie to the Everly Brothers. Uh, it's great, actually. It's a it's a really cool uh, facility and radio station. First time I was in there interviewing, there's a picture of Frank Sinatra hanging on the wall of when he'd been in there in the '50s. So, um, so radio station goes back to 1925. But anyway, um, taking a look at your store. It, is there any type of uh, music or album or anything that comes in that you would not buy, or is it uh, just fairly wide open? Well, if I think I can sell it, I'll I'll try and buy it. But some of them are just so beat up and so forth. We just put them out in the free pile, so you can spread the word. If you need stuff for crafts or decoration, wall decoration, we have literally hundreds on the front the front entryway there. You can you're welcome to. Welcome to have for free. Well, <laughs> that's that, that, there's so many cool things about your store that I enjoy, and that's one of them. The other one was the first day that I was there. You said, go up, take a look upstairs. And I walked up there, and I went, I don't know if I'm coming back out of this place again because there's just the, the mass of volume that you have up there. And I think you told me the story that somebody came over and shot an album cover uh, up yes. there, didn't they? They laid down on top on a pile of albums and and uh, and took the cover on the picture of of a CD, but it was you know the picture was there, so uh, yes, uh, very very <laughs> unusual. He sent me the picture later on, and there it was. Yes, who are some of the? Because uh, uh, you've had a few famous people come through your store, have you not? Yes, yeah, some of them I didn't know who they were. I feel embarrassed, but. <laughs> Eric Clapton came in one time, and I, he came in with a, a guy that uh, picked him up at the airport, drove him around, and, uh, you know, we didn't talk much. I was over pricing records, and uh, they were the only ones in. They shopped for a little bit, came and bought a few and left. And just about two months ago, he, nothing was said. Uh, two months ago, he came back in and said, you know, I brought someone famous in your store, and you didn't know who it was. <laughs> and I said, Really? Who was that? Eric Clapton. And oh man, uh, if you don't talk to him, you don't hear the accent. They they're wearing hats usually and dark glasses, so it's like you know. Uh, but yeah, he was performing that night in Omaha. It was I looked it up. It was two thousand seven, I think, if I remember right. And uh, I've also had people like Doctor Demeno was over. Uh, let's see, that would have been a couple of years ago. Just that recently? Yes. Um, he lives in L.A. now. He was 
back for his, he married a girl from Council Bluffs. Can you believe that? No, I, I had no idea. Yes. She went to AL class of 1969, graduated with my oldest brother, Rick. And um, they came back for her mother's 90th birthday. So he came in and um, said, I want to look at the 78. So I took him downstairs, turned the lights on and came back upstairs and the people that came in with him said, do you know who that is? And I said, no. And they told me who it was, and I said, oh, I've been listening to him for 30 years. <laughs> but you, on his album covers, he's always got the top hat and the tuxedo, right. and he just looks like a normal person now, you know. But I got pictures with him over there, so uh, uh, that was fun. I've also had Michael Feinstein in. He does, uh, um, well, I so Sinatra and Dean mm-hmm. Martin, old classic music. And he was at, and he came in one time and uh, um, asked me if I had any twenties and thirties movie music, and I pointed to a box and said, "Yeah, over there, you can start going through there." And I, I thought to myself, "Well, he kind of looks familiar." And I just as a whim, I said, "Are you performing anywhere tonight?" And he said, "Yeah, the Holland Center." So <laughs> I was like, "Okay." And then I knew who it was. But yes, and he he's kind enough to get us an autograph and. We, we have it on the wall, so we have other people in that aren't musicians like Ron Stander and people like that that uh, that, that are from the area. You told uh, a very interesting story. I think it was the first time that I was in about uh, some of the history of this particular area of town where you're located at. And uh, uh, right there on the you know, story, mm-hmm. uh, in the building that, well, my facility now sits in, uh, and they had a bunch of broken windows and things yes. because there was a, a well, well, you tell the story because you're going to tell it much better than I can. Okay. In 19, my building used to be the AFL-CIO Labor Temple where the unions would meet for their meetings. And uh, in 1970, they were having a little, um, quote unquote, uh, labor unrest. Some non-union people were putting the bank up at Maine and... Uh, and Broadway up there, or Maine and Pearl. And uh, during the night, a crane was sabotaged, fell down over the cons- over the side and did a lot of damage. So a week later, just 15 minutes after the meeting ended, fortunately, two sticks of dynamite were thrown on the roof and blew a hole in the roof. And then this building here had $500 damage, but I think they were replacing, they replaced all the windows on this side. And uh, so, and windows were much cheaper in 1970. It happened in March of 1970. And as far as I know, they never caught them. Never caught them. Never caught them, no. It's a lot of history uh-huh. in this town. Uh, some of it good, some of it, as, as the story you just talked about, mm-hmm. uh, probably not so good. Um, I'm wondering with the amount of inventory that you have, how long do you think some of it's been in there? Oh, since we moved in. It, it's been there since the beginning some and it's never sold. And Some of it has. Um, as I told you before, we, we just sold a wood-burning cook stove. That Wait, no, you didn't tell me you sold it. You told me you got rid of it. I got rid of it. Yeah, I, but I didn't know you sold it. I got 50 bucks out of it. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I mean, it's like, and that's been in there since 1985. Uh, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure, yes. Um, and uh, we had to take the thing <laughs> apart. Oh, man, it was a 
It was a mess, but we finally got got her out of there, and uh, they were putting it in their bar. And I said, "You're taking." It was in their bar was in the basement. I said, "You're taking this down the stairs." She's the lady just shakes her head. Yeah, <laughs> but because <laughs> those things are pretty heavy. Oh, they're very heavy. Four or five hundred pounds. Wow. Yes. How uh, how old was that stove? Nineteen twenty. Really, a hundred years old. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You just have uh, so much interesting things over there in history over there. And uh, as I said, you have to, as you're going through, I, I haven't even begun to see everything that you have. Uh, but I can always find something that, that I find personally very interesting. A lot of the history, uh, I, I found an album over there. You can actually see it, it's, it's sitting over on top of my uh, uh old stereo console over there that that i found from uh in back when they were doing artists in schools in the late 70s uh this guy that uh well he had a top 10 hit with junk food junkie larry grossi yeah Yeah. he uh and he came through and was teaching all of the different classes how to write songs which was his style of writing songs so we started with a beat that he came up with and then we had to come up with a theme for the song and then we started coming up with lyrics, and the song that we wrote is actually on that album. So, oh, really? Yeah, okay. it, it, it's it's right on the back. It's called First Date. It it's the worst cheesiest song <laughs> ever recorded by twelve year olds. But <laughs> what's what school did you go to? A uh, Havelock Plover. Okay. This goes uh, up in Northwest Iowa. The school doesn't exist anymore. It's all part of what's known as Pocahontas area now, uh, but uh, in Pocahontas County which is one county below Palo Alto, which is where Emmitsburg is. More people have heard of Emmitsburg than where I grew up. But uh, It was, uh, he'd put on a concert after the entire, and you know, and he performed Junk Food Junkie that mm-hmm. night. Uh, you know, when, when you're a kid, you don't appreciate what's actually going on. But the fact that that album was there, because I remember seeing that when it came out, and they, they had distributed out to all the schools that where he had... Uh, uh, performed and, and had taken part in. So I, I saw it when I would have been in eighth grade at that point. It was the last time I saw that album. And then I see it in your store. So it's it was fascinating to me. And, and at that point, I was just, I was enamored with everything. Was it on the wall? No, it wasn't. It was, it was stacked up. It was it was in a stack of, uh, Iowa, with an Iowa theme. You had an area that oh, had Iowa local. theme. Yeah, is that what it was, local? Yeah, uh-huh. Yeah, so anything with a local tie that, probably didn't fit in another category maybe yeah and that's where it was and i was just kind of leafing through it and i looked at it and i went you have to be kidding me <laughs> you actually have this album in here so it, and i i took a picture of it and i posted it online and all of my old classmates uh, that i'm connected to on social media were all just going crazy about it that they hadn't thought about it in forever so yeah, if, if I get any more in, I'll let you know. <laughs> well, I got a feeling that I probably know a few people that might want a copy of yeah. it. That because uh, we never, uh, the to my knowledge, the only copy that we got for the school just went into the music room. I don't think anybody else ever did. What are your future plans, Tim? What uh, do you have uh, anything that you want to accomplish later on? Or are you just going to continue to ride this thing? Well, I I like what I'm doing. So, uh, but eventually, I'm 67 now. So, uh, uh, I'm looking to uh, retire maybe in a few years. So, we will see what happens. I I would have to get a 
fairly fairly nice offer here. So I you would know anybody that <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how you would even begin to value what you have over there. You'd have to do some kind of inventory. How 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 accurate do you think you know what the count is of everything that you have in there? Oh, maybe within a hundred thousand or so. <laughs> that's actually percentage wise. That's actually pretty close. <laughs> Well, Tim Barons of Canesville Collectibles, I certainly appreciate you uh, taking a little bit of time uh, to come over and uh, visit with me today about everything that's going over there. And just for thoroughness sake, make sure, I know most people know where you're at, but uh, in case they don't, what's the address and, and where are you located? We're at 530 4th Street in Council Bluffs on the corner of 4th and Story Street in a two-story brick building. Yep. Very easy to see and it's a very unassuming place. You, you wouldn't guess what's actually going on inside that building from the outside of it. At least I never did because I'd been by there plenty of times before I ever went in. Never knew what was going on. But now that I know, yeah, you're, uh, you're one of my favorite stops. Oh, well, thank you. Thanks for inviting me. Well, I appreciate you being here, and thank you very much for listening to this episode of Success in Iowa. We release new episodes each week. So until next time, take care. <laughs>